Hello folks, so this is part two of the Neo Cronin podcast, so a continuation of part one. So if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen and then click on this one. Um, I had something come in there about reactivity and emotions um, because I remember once listening to Eckhart and they were kind of talking about our reactivity and our emotional spectrum and how they were kind of saying, oh, so you just become numb and you just don't react um, because, you know, we do experience anger. Mm-hmm. And I feel as well, even anger can be so repressed that it can be unhealthy. So mm-hmm. you're not saying like as in not reacting at all, but as in expressing in a way that is... Yeah, would you like to open up on that? Yeah, and I love that you I love that you've spoken into this. Um, particularly on a podcast when we've such a short amount of time, quite easily um some points can be mistranslated in that I am by no means saying that to be in non-reaction is to not express the entirety of your emotional spectrum or to honor your emotions. In fact, it's the opposite. Like when we create inner space, we develop an emotional maturity that allows us to to create the space to feel our emotions fully, to transform our emotions fully and respond from that place. When quite often when um, what can happen is something happens in the external and it triggers an emotion or wound. And without feeling and processing that emotion and allowing that emotion to move through us and to transform us and to use that energy as a catalyst to respond, we end up suppressing it or um, reacting to our to the circumstance in the outside world. So what inner space grants you is the space to actually do both to be with the inner emotional processes that are taking place, to understand them fully, to allow the the emotion to move through your body without being limited or restricted. Because as as you may know, when we block emotions, it creates, it, it stagnates in the body. And we, when we create space, we actually allow it to move through us fully. And there's, a greater wisdom that happens is we begin to understand our emotions and the role of our emotions in life and that our emotions actually are the healthiest thing that we could ever experience. Um, and what I'm witnessing with within myself and other people in inner space is as we allow our emotions with, to cycle through us, there's various stages that the emotions will move through. They're very akin to the stages of al- alchemy so like the the transition of base metals into gold you refine that energy and there's a certain wisdom that's extracted and you begin to learn that your your emotions play a greater role in your connection with life that that when you feel whether that's love whether that's bliss whether that's anger or it's pain when you feel it fully and you can hold the intensity of it fully within yourself and you can allow it to move through you, you are touched by life. You feel more alive. I don't think anyone can deny when you feel an emotion fully, 
no matter what spectrum of emotion that is, we feel alive, we feel passionate, we feel, and the question becomes, how can I allow myself to become more touched with life, be, allow myself to feel more, um, but equally learn how to channel that emotion, that energy in a way that is constructive, that a way that is um, supportive, not just for yourself, but also for everyone else. Because when we think more and more nature, there's a sense where we are all connected. And so there becomes this degree of responsibility and how do we how do we now channel our emotional energy and how can we become transmuters of that energy? So when we feel anger, when we allow it to cycle through its whole cycle, you can transmute anger. And that feeling can completely transform into something even more blissful. And there's huge drive behind it. You know, mm -hmm. you can do big things with anger. Exactly. Like when it's channeled and focused in a, in a way that is constructive, like we literally can change worlds. And that's, that's a remembrance. Like our bodies are transmuters of energy. Our bodies are are powerful catalysts for change. And, you know, we can create worlds through this process. And I think it's really important you, you ask this question because in a lot of even spiritual teachings, there is this pacification, this idea of, you know, being in the stillness, not fully being in that non-reaction, but I actually even wrote a post just today about this, you know, and it's, for me, inner space is granting. And when I say inner space, it's just lit coming within myself. I've learned that we require the action and the non-action. We require ourselves to equally be still, but at the same time, we need to feel and participate fully in life. And I think, for me this is the most important work that I can be doing at this time because if we can all show up in life fully in this way imagine how the world can be mm. yeah definitely yeah it's a learning it's a learning how to express again I had a memory come up there now I feel like sharing it, but I, when I was teaching before, I remember the class, the students, they would, they would have me sussed out, you know, they would have me sussed out how my emotions were and how I would respond. And I always was very, um, trying to create a classroom that was calm and where they would take in information, you know, because the teachers, the, te the schools I was in, like, it was, it was actually quite abusive. Like it was crazy. That we'd, so I was a completely different teacher for them. And um, it just became a fact that I was like, oh, very calm. And, you know, I wouldn't really come out with much expression. You know, I just always be very composed. And of course, this was like kind of like a strength, you know, being in composed place. I'm like, right, I'm not going to like, I'm just going to like just see what this is now. And then I'll come back to them, you know. <laughs> but one day then I had it and I, I just, I just, 
I was like, no, like this is da, da, da. like I really just put my foot down and the whole class came back and they were shocked. But it was funny. It was like me learning that, yeah, being composed, but also you can have that big explosion as well. And they actually had a lot of respect for me after as well. But it's like learning. Learning the way to express again, you know, like maybe you don't always have to be composed. Maybe you can just come mm-hmm. out one day and be like, blah, and also be, you know, fine with that and, you know, accepting that way as well. <laughs> I love that. I love that story. And it's, it's, it's true. It's, um, you know, this idea, if we've got favorites when it comes to emotions, we've got work to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I do too. I do myself because, um, and I, 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 I learned a lot from a very dear friend of mine, um, Keone Hanali. Um, he derives from a lineage of people um, in Hawaii that, that derive from um, ancient Mu. Mu culture is, um one of the most one, one of the original civilizations that existed on this planet and a lot of his teachings they have not been shared outside of his lineage for 200,000 years and he's the first of his of his lineage to express them freely and when i met him i realized that what I've been creating within this this map and this blueprint around the original intelligence of the body and our connection to our emotions um, that I've been, you know, re- receiving for many years was actually very real and very similar to the teachings that he expresses as part of his lineage. Um, and what he shared with me is that in their lore, um, Aloha Ma, Aloha Ma is this, uh, this uh, the essence of love in the universe. Uh, Aloha Ma is self-reflective love. And so there's this idea that we feel that love is actually an emotion when really love or true Aloha is the synthesis of all emotions integrated into one. It's the ability to expand yourself to hold the spectrum of all emotions and to essentially it's the idea of being able to expand your capacity to feel again and so I've written a lot of poetry and a lot of pieces around feeling being our most primitive language and that you know when we remember how to feel again essentially it will be like remembering an ancient language that's beyond words and that you know I will assert that feeling is it is our primordial way um and I feel we are beginning a journey of as a society as a culture of remembering that you know, moving back into the body, connecting with the field of the heart, connecting with our emotions again. And so what he what he shared with me is that in his culture, every every specific emotion is essentially a language in itself. So when we feel pain, when we feel anger, when we feel resistance, we feel guilt, when we feel shame, joy, bliss, glee, all of these things, we can actually learn how to 
translate what that emotion is revealing to us about our inner and our outer environment. The trouble is, is that in today's culture, we've been conditioned to translate these emotions. So we've created stories and judgments um, around what each emotion actually means. And that's that's based also on our experiences of the past. But when we can create inner space and learn how to be with be with the emotion fully, we can actually translate its true meaning. So I'll give you an example, and this was a big one for me, is, um, is so quite often grief, when we feel grief, we equate it to loss. When we allow ourselves to feel the loss of something and we allow ourselves to truly be with that feeling, Grief really is an invitation into closure. So it's not essentially that we are losing anything, but grief and the emotion of grief is a very powerful vehicle to accept the completion of a stage of life so that we can embrace something new. Um, what I'm speaking into here, it is, there is a level of emotional maturity that it invites us into. And I, I am acknowledging that. And I'm by no means saying that I'm there. I'm very much a student in this. But what I, I learned from him is that in in their, their culture, they work very much with, with the fern kingdom. And every fern that they work with, ferns in, in their culture, the only plant species that have survived all cataclysms on the planet, like, how amazing is that? And in their culture, every fern species um, is directly, directly correlates to a specific emotion. So they've got 103 ferns that they work with. And every emotion or every fern, um, when you work with the medicine of that fern, it helps you to translate or receive the true meaning or translation of that emotion. So essentially it's helping us to remember how to feel all of our emotions so that we can widen our spectrum of feeling to release the non-judgment, to allow extremities in all ways. Um, because when we can feel again, that's when we can engage with nature. That's when we can become one with nature. And the next level is then you can start to translate your emotions as an energetic language. And that's where I am currently in my mastery is that the more I expand my field of feeling, the more wisdom and information I can translate now from, from nature, from trees, from the land, from even between people. And that's not just me, right? We all have this capacity as human beings. This is who we've been designed to be. We've just forgotten. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. 
um, lots of bits to digest. Um, there was something came to my mind as well that might be useful for people as well. Um, you know, from my own experience, watching seeds and watching things grow and that fascination and that awe of like how everything starts growing together and just insane like you know even at the moment I have courgettes right I thought the plants were done so I left these big marrows on it and they're bigger than the size of half my leg they're massive right and I was like oh I'll actually leave them on the plant you know yeah. because they're, they kind of look like they're done this year and I I go in every you know, I go in every day, but sometimes I really look at stuff and I'm like, oh my God, the plant has tripled. Now it's after like going again, like a new spurt of energy. And it's just this constant fascination when you're working with plants and stuff, you know, and like how everything grows and entangles and helps each other. But this fascination and awe that we see in nature outside, how can we practice this on ourselves? How can we look at our body and be like, whoa, it is beaming with life pumping blood all the organs when we have a wound how it heals how can we come back would you have any advice for us humans <laughs> <laughs> would you have well, any tip to yeah. how to get back that wow into or awe of our body you know yeah well it's funny i think you even answered it in your share because you <laughs> said yeah as i watched the plant growing it so in some ways, the paradox of what you just shared is that when you watch and observe nature, you realized, wow, this can be true for me. Look at this plant is thriving. Yeah. Um, and you saw it as a mirror reflection of how you could be thriving as well. And that, that the miracle, the miraculous you're witnessing in this plant, how can I, how can I invert that and begin you know what, it's so simple. And like, I know that it can get quite complex. And I know that when I was sharing all of that thing, it sounds great, but like pausing and simply turning the hours inwards, observing nature and then reflecting internally, how can I experience the same miraculous energy in myself? That in itself, is enough of an opening to begin to begin a quest within yourself because nature is always guiding us home it's in and around us all the time and we all we all drift to like it's you know we're human there's so much happening in our lives um and I find that creating micro moments of space and stillness, it could be just taking a breath in the morning, looking out your window and engaging with a tree. It could be putting your feet in the earth for a moment, going for a swim. Just creating a micro moment of space each and every day to contemplate your relationship with yourself, with your body, with nature is the, the opening. I don't know if that answers your question, but there is. It's, it's the constant mirror, you know, um, 
what you're saying I felt it went up my back <laughs> it's like when you're speaking you know like different things you're saying I'm like I almost don't want to speak back you know because my body's like yeah yeah let's just listen <laughs> it's like I'm responding and I don't want my words I'm like I don't have words anymore <laughs> um so that's lovely um but I actually was intrigued to know as well about the fern. Do you know how long? Because I know it's like the oldest or one of the oldest organisms from the forest and stuff that has survived here. But do you do you have any idea how long? Or I don't I don't have that information off the top <clears throat> of my head. But you know, if you imagine, you know, there's been many cycles of life on this planet, and ferns are one of the very few plant species. Yeah. So the, imagine the intelligence within the ferns. So the, the idea of the ferns is like they have an adaptogenic nature that they can adapt to whatever, you know, changes in the external environment. And it's interesting because the, the makeup of the fern is it's very, it's so close. The intelligence within the fern is so closely attuned to the intelligence within the human body it makes us, it makes you think, you know, how adaptogenic are we, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. We are, we are actually wired to thrive in adversity. Yeah. Not the way around. And I think there's a bit of a narrative right now that, you know, you know, the human species is subpar and that, you know, um, you know, when it comes to external biological um, or energetic or physical challenges that, you know, we are limited in our potential. Like even, you know, the, in many indigenous cultures, there were so many, there's so many people that have what we perceive as superhuman abilities, right? But in today's culture, it's seen that we're subpar and that we we need almost need the intervention of technology or other means to assist us in achieving um, or even thriving in our modern world. But I, I, I ask that, I kind of ponder on that. And I, I wonder if, what if, what if it, you know the challenges we face are actually inviting us back inwards so that we can create space to access um or or let me rephrase that that this is an invitation to actually experience our, our potential you can call that higher potential because i really truly believe we have deep within our dna you know they call it our junk dna i believe that that there is untapped genetic potential that we get to tap into and that's that's another thing that we're beginning to witness in inner space is is we really truly have only scratched the surface um the the level of intelligence that we can tap into and you know there's many people around the world we hear stories about who, who've tapped into these superpowers and I put that quote unquote but really there there's I call them our natural traits and abilities yeah and it may sound a bit far-fetched to some but when you start creating inner space in this way you you start to you know feel and witness where we develop in in inner space the group alone we begin to experience a field of 
telepathy where we feel sense and and receive similar information or guidance when we meditate together or we feel the same thing without needing to physically or sorry verbally um communicate it that's very natural that's our natural way of being um experiencing life is synchronous is miraculous it's not the unordinary that's actually how life is meant to be it's we've separated this idea of magic it's it's actually exists in the mundane it exists and it's readily available we just have to pause and create the space to to let it in Mm. and I don't know have you found this as well like because people remarked it about me (laughs) over the years you know when I would go to nature or even being with the bees like first of all I start whispering and then I end up losing my voice (laughs) and they're like they're like Kate I can't hear you why are you whispering (laughs) it's it's just automatic yeah it just ends up happening like because it's it's like this you know I get people when they come for a sleepover I'm like come over here and listen to the hive at the back you know put the ear up and have the aroma come out and you get that full frequency of the earth. Like the beehive has survived a hundred million years through all the shifts. Why did it survive? Because it's so preserved. It's such medicine, you know, all the mummies were preserved. Like it's mm-hmm. pure medicine. And I'm like, stick your nose and your head in there. <laughs> and it's just amazing. Like, and then you you can't, even sp- I can't speak after it. I'm like, oh my God, like my body is like, you know? Wow. Amazing. You'll have to come down. <laughs> I will. No, I will. I I I would absolutely love that. You know, as you're speaking, I'm just what I'm seeing is um there's a sense that when so when you're around the bees and you know the buzzing of the bees, like it's a frequency, right? And it yeah sometimes when we speak, we distort the energy. Mm. So another thing that I, I'm kind of remembering and I'm is that in our natural state and even in a lot of our original cultures, um, the spoken word wasn't our formal way of communication. Um, feeling and telepathy was. And, and so when you're in nature, you don't necessarily communicate with nature through the spoken word, right? You communicate through feeling, through vibration, through essence, um even in our own pre pre-celtic and i say pre-celtic because i feel like there's so much more original wisdom that that stems from our land in ireland and from our culture that is can only actually be felt um you know the tradition of the storyteller the tradition of the shanakis uh, there is word was only usually spoken um, to invoke or set an intention to call the forces and elements of nature into creation. So it was more of like, and that's where the idea of casting a spell, spelling of the word, um, came from. And that's why a lot of the bards in the Shanakis had to train for 30 to 40 years to be bestowed with this the, the art but also the power of of expressing 
the story, the word, because they understood the power of word to influence and change reality. So when you're in nature, I feel the same thing. I don't want to influence and disrupt that which is already harmonious, right? It's not to say that our words um, are always bad, but it's that um, it's almost like remembering in nature there is a greater language right and then when it comes to speaking and you know I'm learning this over and over myself is our words hold so much power and it's you know we we are becoming I'm I'm having to become more responsible with how I speak, what I speak, the way I share, um, but more importantly, the intention behind it, because words carry energy. And there was something very like mystical happened yesterday. I was editing an audio. I actually recorded this a year ago and something taught me to re-listen to it. And as I was listening to this audio, I was like, wow, like, I really need to hear this right now, but also I really feel I need to edit this and to share it. And something mystical happened where the voice changed in the audio and it was almost like maybe I accidentally clicked something and it reversed um, my voice. But as I was listening to it, it sounded very familiar. It sounded to me like very ancient Elvish um, language. And then I pondered I, and I moved beyond that that's that idea. And I thought, okay, why is it that I feel the sound of what I'm hearing feels so familiar? And I realized that it wasn't necessarily the words that I was speaking that was important. It was actually the essence and the energy that I was emitting as I was speaking. And I do get that reflected to me from time and time again, that people will say, when you speak, my body just, it feels it. I just feel, I feel it. And I I don't necessarily think it's, it's me. I just think it's more because every day I have a practice of attuning and connecting more and more with nature. And so I become, because I'm occupying that space, nature then therefore the frequency behind the words is more in calibration with that and then when people hear the words if they calibrate and sync to their nature and i'm not saying that i'm better or worse than anyone else we all have this capacity and you have this capacity because i feel that in you as well and i feel that in other people how we live when we meet there's this resonance beyond words and I feel it's because we're anchoring this field of nature in our bodies more and more mm. yeah my cells are all full of light now <laughs> it's hard to explain it with words isn't it uh, what is that how do you call it <laughs> no words sorry <laughs> Just a feeling um yeah it's, sometimes I feel it's like I'm returning to the sun like as in my body is like whoa and it's beyond body and I'm like 
my mind will sometimes come in and it'll be like, are we, it's like returning to the sun or something, or I'm born of the sun and I return yeah. to the sun and I watch yeah. the bees go to the sun and everything goes to the sun. And it's, that's our powerhouse, you know, we are the sun. <laughs> we yeah. are all of us. We're all stars, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're speaking my language because this is, um, I just love uh, speaking into this because um, I think it was a few months ago I shared a quote. I was around, um, so every cell within our body has the capacity to um, uh, conduct the same wattage of energy. So if we, so if we were to, um, I need to find the exact number. Okay, the exact number percentage is, is is not with me right now, but every cell within, so the mitochondria within every cell of our body has the capacity to combust energy from the sun. It combusts energy and it creates what's called our life force, our chi, our, our, that fuels the body. But if you were to combine, um, so if every cell within our body was to fire that amount of energy simultaneously to its full potential we would emit the same wattage or frequency of the sun like that's 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 how power like we essentially the human body is a biological computer and that's that's like the premise of what i i share in inner space is to help us understand that we have that capacity and not 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 to, not to say that we're we can access that just like now. But what 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 happens with the inner space practice is when you create space each and every day to master these natural principles and states within your body, you begin to, to allow more energy to flow. You allow more light to penetrate. So when you create, so you descend awareness into the body. This is quite scientific now, but you expand space. When you expand space, energy, light can flow. Our cells are actually permeable, like osmosis. We can allow light in, um, but each, equally we can allow light out. So essentially we become our own biological computers and we become a vessel to essentially conduct more energy from the sun. Um, and, you know, a lot of original teachings point towards the creost, the inner sun and light that can be developed. And essentially, like, what if that was the awakening that's happening at this time is that we are beginning to embody more light in our body. And as we, as more light penetrates our body, and our cells, more light can pass through our DNA. This is another, I know I'm going a little bit deep here, but I'm also trusting that people will take what they need and leave the rest. And and that's that's okay. You know, I, I don't like to limit or restrict my expression, but there is a sense that when we, when we learn how to, this practice of inner space, we learn how to become still and expand space in our body. We unwind the tension in our fascia and our in the muscles in our body. And as we unwind the tension, we also unwind the restriction in our DNA. 
And as we unwind the restriction in our DNA and we learn how to um, harness more life force energy and light, that light can pass through that DNA. And as that light passes through that DNA, we begin to express more of our genetic potential. And that's why, you know, people will often speak into um, you know, perhaps accessing a greater memory or awareness of, you know, whether you want to call that um, past life or accessing intuitive traits or abilities. Essentially, this happens from this, this place, you begin to realize that you are a reservoir of, of potential and you nailed it in that following nature and observing nature, like the bees flying to the sun, flowers opening to the sun, human mm. beings, exactly, mm. opening to the sun. To constantly mirror nature. Like I say a practice every morning, you know, I say kind of like, a, I suppose it's a little prayer, you know, just asking to make me more like nature. Mm -hmm. and nature is so gorgeous and beautiful and forgiving and loving and resilient the resilience and the strength is just insurmountable uncomparable to anything yeah unbelievable you know I remember last year watching cucumbers grow you know because I would watch I'd watch them you know and I'd see how some seeds would be strong some seeds would be attacked by slugs and then some others I remember ripping the end of the, we'll say the stalk. I remember like tearing it and I was like, oh no. And my dad was like, oh, dig that up. It's no more good. And I said, ah, I'm actually going to leave it there. Yeah. The strength of that cucumber. It, I I actually thought it was gone. Like it started wilting. I was like, oh, it's definitely gone. It it's, it's root system just expanded massively. The whole stalk just tripled in size. It had the most amazing fruits it went all around the tunnel all three different places I was like that just shows like even when we're torn at the base at the root the way we can come back with resilience and my dad first instinct was like dig it up it's done mm -hmm. and you leave it there a little bit of time and patience and it just strength I was like everybody has to see this cucumber <laughs> yeah wow yeah yeah. Um, there was another thing actually came to my mind there. Have you had, we'll say with individuals or even yourself, because I've had it once or twice where when you start to feel that expansion or that tingling or out of body, like a bit of fear can come in and it's like, oh, uh, where am I? Um, where yes. have I gone? Am I not me? Uh oh, where am I? You know, your mind might start talking and then you're like, it's OK, like breathe, you know, but have you experienced this? Yes, yes. Um, I love that you've asked this. Um, so with that, there's a few things. Yes, I have experienced it. And to be honest, it's become more and more of a daily occurrence for me. It might not be evident on Instagram. Quite often, it's hard to portray the natural world fully through the lens of this screen. That's okay because this has its limitations too, right? And what can be portrayed. Um, so 
when we begin to experience those moments of connection of energy between one another or connecting to something far more expensive than what the mind can comprehend the mind will go into overwhelm it will go into because the mind remember the way i like to think of it is the mind um how would i put this in a way so the mind points to memory memories and experiences of the past that's its only reference point so when you have a new experience of a connection that's otherworldly or that's expansive or like you said you know out of body or feels like different the mind can't find a reference for that and then it goes into panic and then it will trigger the you know the fear-based autonomous nervous system we go into to overwhelm and or we begin to try and seek externally for validation or understanding of what's happening but what we have to remember is that in that moment the body understands the process that you're moving through the body will always remember and so part of the inner space practice is i i offer tools to help shift the awareness honor the mind regulate the mind and just come back into the body back into the heart come back into feeling and allow the experience to unfold from that place and when you do that with regulation honoring honoring your fears honoring the overwhelm of the mind and you regulate that what happens is you can incrementally begin to expand your capacity to hold and experience those moments so it doesn't pull you out of your body because you don't want to have a disassociation you don't want to disassociate you want to allow yourself to feel the miraculous of that moment but to do it in a way that honors your nervous system as well because i tell you why is that when i went through that awakening when i was sick in australia when i ended up going through that illness and i went through that profound awakening what happened was i began to have these expansive moments of intuition insight awareness and i expanded so much that it was just so overwhelming on my nervous system and i feel like my journey has been the reverse it's it's learning about how can i live with a greater field of awareness but how can I now regulate my body to be able to to live it and to experience it in the moment um so it's it's very subtle this you know it's 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 more about just opening the door gently to those moments and I, I feel like you live it you know you live it you're just an embodiment of it watching the cucumbers grow and then the wisdom that you reflect internally that is how simple it gets to be like it's um and and one thing you just mentioned you know we talk about the cucumbers and the resilience of the cucumbers and how incredible nature is and one of the things i think nature has been teaching me of late is that nature doesn't want me to separate myself from it and to realize like when we, even when we hold nature on a pedestal, nature doesn't desire that because we're not, we're not separate from it. It wants us to experience ourselves as it. So when we see the cucumber and the resilience of the cucumber, and like that's essentially a reflection of what nature wants you to own internally. So I've just been finding there's been this merging. And then also when I spoke earlier around 
around the merging of worlds, you know, the, the, the polarity of what we see in our world is that nature, my path right now on my journey, doesn't need to be anyone else's, is like nature is asking, how can I see nature in all things? And how can I be, be nature? essentially and i i don't need to escape the world to find nature i can find it fully in my body in the present moment no matter what is happening in the outside world and at times we do need to go off into nature and and have those like that deep deep time of presence to calibrate but my mastery right now is like how can i be nature in any moment and be the expression of that um and just to i know even as i'm talking it's like even that alone like like just like the acknowledgement that you are nature and that you are nature like that is to distill it to that simplicity mm the three words of the day I think mm. yeah it's beautiful and may we all see that in ourselves you know may we all bring it back to ourselves I feel like just sharing about the sunflower <laughs> and I had six sunflowers growing you know and some of the stuff I do in the tunnel and some outside. And with the tunnel, things come on fast. Growth comes on fast because they're so comforted, you know. Mm -hmm. They have all the conditions. But they don't have the force or the ferocity of the out, outside, you know, the outside world. And I actually ended up putting five of them in the tunnel and one outside. Can oh. you tell which one is still standing now and has three extra flowers and the stalk is rock hard and the rest are all limp after falling down seeds out. The one outside. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's out, it's out in the midst, it's, it's in the midst of the climate. It's exposed yeah. to everything. It's, the stalk yeah. is like rock hard. And I actually, because the ones in the tunnel, they grew so fast, they hit the roof. Trans, I put them outside then with the other one. And I was yeah. like, the other one was closed up for months and months and months. It only opened like a month ago. And when it opened, I was like staring into it for like a couple of minutes. I actually started crying. Mm -hmm. I it was just like thinking of it, like I was crying, looking at it, like at the beauty of this. And it's actually like proper geometry in it as well. Yeah. And it's insane. And I was like, am I seeing things? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not. <laughs> I have to show somebody this and ask them, can they see that as well? and then about two weeks ago I looked up at it again and I was like oh my god two more flowers opened up underneath it and I was like this wow. just keeps on giving it just keeps on giving you know and the others are all after falling down <laughs> wow it just it just goes to show right we also like to control our own nature don't we and we like to control our own conditions and sometimes we you know, like the idea of like, that's a controlled environment, right? In in the tunnel. And um, 
sometimes we think in order to protect our the natural world or to protect you know we we need to create our own space outside of the world away from the world I know this because I I I I went on such an extreme journey of pulling myself out away from the world to the point where I was going to create and I probably will too I will in the future but it'll be stemming from a, a an an integrated place this time but I was going to create a whole eco-sustainable village with my ex-partner in Costa Rica but the whole idea was so that we could be away from the world mm. almost like in the tunnel yeah yeah but what I witnessed is as I brought myself back into the world fully owning the intelligence of nature within me or owning that I am nature that I've actually have become more resilient. I've become more grounded. I've become more still. I've become more aware. And I feel like this is the only foundation that I could ever intentionally create a community now from. A place that, yes, it's you can create a space within the world, but it's um, honoring the true resilience of who we are and that we actually thrive fully from that place. So it's like being that sunflower on the outside. Um, look at how it started to grow and to blossom, you know? And so there's just that reminder that it's okay to pull away. And this is, you know, in, in the map that I share with people is that they see there's two oscillations, there's two processes. There's the process of involution, but equally there's a process of evolution that's taking place simultaneously. There's the, there's the turning the arrows inwards to reflect and that's equally you know removing yourself and going into nature but there's also we need to honor the process of coming back out into the participation with the world fully and i'm not by any means saying that you have to to engage your places or people or things that 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 um that you don't want to but it's more about when you can live in a place of knowing that you're nature, that you're resilience, you're not in fear. You're not living in resistance of any kind to anything. It's more about living fully in the expression of who you are, like that sunflower. Yeah, 100%. And there are other people out there. I was at a market recently in Bantry. I met amazing people, loads of them off-grid, and you'd know nothing about them, only that they've come to the market that day and not coming out again for a while. And it can be easy to live this way, to just shut off and whatever. And like, that's one of my aims now with beekeeping. Like, it's like the secret world of bees. Like, this is my yeah. mission now to not expose it, but share it. It's yes. phenomenal. Yes. It's mind blowing. It's breathtaking. And the majority of beekeepers are over 65 male and retired so like it's time for a change (laughs) so like we have to share as difficult as it is to to like I suppose to operate you can like you can you know it's easier to stay hidden we have to expose ourselves as well and just stand strong in our in our truth and yeah share and be in community I love that and you know like everyone's got a different path you know like I know my path is to walk to bridge worlds and I in the past I didn't think that was the case but now I do and maybe it's just a seasonal thing I don't know and there's other people um their their choice is to live in the world fully and others is to live apart you know but there is like you know 
sometimes nature wants to permeate through us and like you sharing what's really incredible about what you're doing is you're making it really relevant you're making it um translatable to the modern world Mm. um and when I heard you were doing beekeeping um I was like oh my gosh I want to send my niece to you and my nieces (laughs) and nephews like they would absolutely love that so I'm definitely going to organize that as a little treat for them because my nieces and nephews are like obsessed with nature and they're just it's yeah so it's really it's just different you know and um but it's also making it accessible yeah and relatable is the most important thing to the younger generations um but there is a movement I'm seeing there's a movement with younger generations that there is a desire you know a lot of young people have more and more desire to to be free and liberated from the restraints of you know society and 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 so there's I'm seeing that I'm seeing a tendency mm. for young people to really make roots in the natural world yeah and to grasp onto that wisdom and that knowledge before you know because a lady at a recent workshop said you know she's like 50 or so and she's saying you know it's that knowledge in between the generation gone going and the new like we need that knowledge like don't don't leave yet you know so it's like yeah keeping that wisdom and getting it because I even spoke to a lady last night she said there was two shoe cobblers left in Munster two yeah wow just saying that that knowledge yeah. it's not it needs to be passed on you know um but yeah I am mm-hmm. conscious of time of your time so <laughs> do you want to, I know I could actually talk to you all day for God's sake <laughs> I know, we, could, we, well, we do transcend time don't we when we <laughs> actually this podcast is no time <laughs> uh, but would you like to share anything else about your work or anything upcoming or anything coming to mind that you'd like to let people know about um, well thank you thank you very much for giving me this opportunity um well, if you want to find out more, you can find me on Instagram. You can go to at innerspace.app or at Neve Ivan Cronin. Um, my website is also um, origin.earth. So it's O-R-I-G-E-N dot earth. Um, the best way is to connect with me on, on social media. I do. I've just set up a new monthly space called Transformation Space. It's donation based, so you pay what you feel. But the whole premise is to invite people into a space where you can bear witness to the transformation that's already occurring within you and to connect with so many other like minded people. But it's also where you can maybe connect with what inner space could grant you if you were to begin to to pause and to create more space in your day and to connect more with your inner nature um so that is the end of every month and details are going to be on my instagram if you'd like to join you're more than welcome so super and that's like a zoom call is it can be yeah it's zoom call um where we connect and it's it's a beautiful it's actually a beautiful international community people from all over and it's just a beautiful way for us to connect and to experience what you and I have just spoken about to experience that miraculous energy that can be felt in a space despite the fact that we're all in different parts of the world you know Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really just a dip your toes in kind of an experience mm-hmm. and uh, every every call is unique and every call is different 
um, and we talk and create space for um, yeah, so much, so many different types of conversations as well. Mm, that sounds beautiful. Um, be sure to check that out, folks. Um, yeah. So thank you, Niamh. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Wonderful conversation. I'm going to have to re-listen to this a couple of times, I'd say, <laughs> just to digest it fully. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been amazing. Amazing conversation, honestly. Um, yeah. So, folks, um, if you've liked today's episode, um, please uh, give it a share, send it to a friend or give some feedback. I would love to hear from you. And um, patrons, thank you so much for supporting every month. Um, really appreciate it. And if you can support this work, please go on to patreon.com slash catch Kate. And I'll chat to you all very soon. Ciao.